Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast presented by the Denver Post. This is sports writer Kyle Newman alongside my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. A little late night draft edition talking the Broncos' first three rounds of the 2021 NFL Draft. Tons to recap going back to Thursday, Ryan, starting with the Aaron Rodgers rumors and leading all the way up here to the Broncos' final pick and the final pick of the third round. Yeah, I mean, they, we packed a lot of news into two days and four picks and three trades and Aaron Rodgers and Teddy Bridgewater going back to Wednesday and what Big Fangio said, what George Payton said, what they didn't say. So um, let's start Let's start with Teddy Bridgewater uh, since we haven't had a chance to opine on him. Uh, to me, the Bridgewater trade only made sense if you added a quarterback in the first round a night later, which they didn't do. So now you got Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke as your quarterback competition as of 11-14 Mountain Time on Friday night, April 30th. Hopefully it doesn't change in the next hour. I'm pretty sure it won't. So, I mean, Teddy's a true pro. He's been in a lot of different systems. He has familiarity with uh, George Payton in Minnesota, familiarity with Pat Shermer, who was in Minnesota as a position coach. So that should be a seamless transition. You'll hear a lot of people talking, well, what does this mean for Drew Locke? What it means for Drew Locke is it's not over, but you better step it up. It's getting close. He's on notice. Yeah, and... To me, you don't acquire Teddy Bridgewater to definitely be the backup. So if they have a camp competitions, which is I'm sure they'll declare it as, you know, Teddy starts with a lead. Uh, he's the one they draft or excuse me acquired for a draft pick. They reworked the contract. So you know they say all the right things about Drew Locke, but uh, you know they've been trying to, you know, Matthew Stafford. Didn't really get an Andy Dalton. Didn't get serious with Trubisky, even though I think Trubisky's camp wanted to get serious here in Denver. So they finally found the competition. Um, had it been a room of Teddy Bridgewater, Justin Fields, and Brett Rippon to start the season, I think a lot of fans, uh, Broncos fans, would have said, "Hey, that's a that's a you know a good direction." You know, now there's angst, and you know, let's move ahead to Thursday night. They have the ninth pick. But then, a but couple then, hours before the draft, Aaron Rodgers, of course, word leaks out via Adam Schefter. He's disgruntled in Green Bay. That's not exactly new news considering, I mean, if, if you go back to the end-of-season presser with him, Aaron, yeah. what's your future? Who knows? He's yeah. very He's been cryptic, and now he's being a little more forthcoming. And from everything you're hearing, Ryan, it sounds like uh, obviously Broncos fans want him here, but... Is that a possibility still, even after the first round came and went? Hell, Ryan O'Halloran wants him here. It's good copy. Mark Schlereth wants him here. Rodgers camp, I think, misplayed their hand a little bit, is if you're going to go public with this and you know what, and you know it's going to, you know, it's like an earthquake in the NFL, don't do it five hours before the draft. Do it Monday. Do it Tuesday. My, my guess is that the Rodgers camp thought the trade with San Francisco earlier in the week was close. The Packers didn't do it. That upset them, so they decided to force their hand. Green Bay's general manager, Brad Gutekunst, came out and said, we're not trading Aaron Rodgers. That's what he should say. That's what I expect him to say because Green Bay, if you're looking at them, the Packers are saying, just because you're Aaron Rodgers doesn't mean you get to dictate where you want to go and when you want to go. Uh, So they're dug in. From a cap perspective, it makes sense to keep him through June 1st. Um, It it lessens the uh, hit that way. The Broncos should be interested. As I wrote online at DenverPost.com, you can wipe out the entire NFC. They'd be stupid to trade them to a team they have to go through on the way to the Super Bowl. 
Very few AFC teams have the right situation. I think it's Miami, Las Vegas, and the Broncos. I think the Broncos would be at the top of his list because um, just I think the skill position, talent on offense, the, the offensive line, and also um, they have the cap space to facilitate maybe even a new contract for, for him. So, you know, I was hoping when the Broncos were getting close to number nine, I felt that if they moved down, it was to stack chips for a potential trade. They didn't do that. They passed on Justin Fields. They passed on Mac Jones, and they drafted uh, Pat Sertan uh, from uh, Alabama, the corner. When they were on the clock, uh, Kyle, what did you think they were going to do? Honestly, when they were on the clock, I thought they were taking Fields. You know, Fields had fallen to them. They didn't have to trade up for him. Uh, granted, even with the Bridgewater mood, like like you said, it made sense to underscore that Bridgewater signing with taking a QB in the first round, but George Payton says, no, we'll take the best defensive player on the board, at least in his opinion, in Sertan. And, you know, obviously Sertan's got the pedigree. His dad played in the NFL, pro bowler, and he was there at the presser today at, uh, at Dove Valley. But what struck me most about Payton's comments about Sertan was just how much he was in love with, with the build. I mean, Sertan's a pretty big, formidable physical yeah. corner, especially comparative to some of the smaller corners that you'll see. Yeah, and... I thought going in it was going to be a trade down, a trade up for Fields or stay put and take the corner, uh, Pat. That said, um, I guess they just didn't feel like Fields was, you know, sure, you know, not to say sure enough, but a clean enough prospect and maybe had some more uh, problems in his game. To which I say, so what? That's why your coaches. That's why you pay them millions of dollars this year. Is to get get them ready to play. So in a quarterback league, they should have rolled the dice. I, oh, hundred percent. Because if I'm George Payton, I got a six year contract. That means I get minimum two kicks at the quarterback can in the draft. Take them. I mean, is there uncertainty with the coaching staff and the record? If they have a bad record, so, you know, to me, it was worth it. Chicago, uh, they moved up, traded a next year's first round pick to the Giants to move up four fields. Those, and that, Fields was totally enthused about that, yeah. if you could tell by his reaction. Yeah. That coach <laughs> and that general manager are on a hotter seat than Vic Fangio. They decide to roll the dice, go with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. So I applaud the Bears. They're going to get an A-plus for me for their draft. So um, you know, a lot of people on uh, Twitter and emailing me were, crit- were saying, well, you're critical of uh, Pat Sertan. That's not it at all. I'm not critical of the kid. I'm not critical of the player. I'm critical of the decision and the critical of the process. You know, right now they have a lot of corners, and you cannot take advantage of a guy like Sertan, coverage ability, ball skills, etc., unless you have a lead and the other team has to pass. That's how Bradley Chubb and Von Miller get sacks is when the other team has to throw a lot. So... Um, I think Sertan's going to be a fine player here. One thing that stood out, and you mentioned it when in our in-person press conference, this fellow's a big rig. And I thought you asked a good question to him about what you have to improve. He said his short area quickness. To me, that wouldn't lend to playing inside right away. But they have Fuller and Darby are outside. Callahan's your nickel. Somebody's going to be the odd man out. It's probably not going to be Darby because of his salary. So it's interesting to see how big Fangio gets Sertan on the field a lot. Uh, obviously, drafting him is bad news for Michael Ujumudie, who went from number one at some point last year. Now he's number five. I think he's number six because I think Bassey's number five coming off his ACL. So, um, last thing on Rodgers is uh, Bronco fans, you got to hold out hope until the Packers, until you see Aaron Rodgers in a Packer helmet. 
you know, remember years ago, Carson Palmer was disgruntled in Cincinnati. Bengals said, we're not trading him. Carson Palmer says, not showing up. I'm going to sacrifice my salary. He forced his way to Oakland for that trade. It's going to cost a lot for Rodgers. I say, do it. It's worth it because this franchise right now is irrelevant. It is DOA in the NFL. They need some, they need some moxie. They need some juice. Aaron Rodgers could do that, even if it's just for three years and he's entering his age 37 season. Question for you. What players would you involve in a deal for to the Packers for Rodgers? Well, obviously you're putting Drew Locke in it. Right. I don't think <laughs> if they they'll would, take I him. I don't think they'll take him. That's the problem. You're but, right. They, they but, got Jordan Love there. But they want they starters. Don't. Who would you make available? Oh, man. I got two names for you. But uh, go ahead. I'll, I'll put Von Miller in there, and I'll put K.J. Hamler in there. Okay. I don't see Vaughn because they have he's older. I'm gonna, uh, I think a deal starts with Jerry Judy and Noah Fant. And Ooh, those are two pretty big pieces there. Yeah. But if you're getting Aaron Rodgers MVP quarterback, uh. yep. And I think the key for Rodgers during if this becomes a negotiation is don't give don't give away so much that I cannot be competitive. That means you got to sacrifice a couple players and multiple first round picks. I don't care. Um, you have depth at receiver. You can do that because you, then you roll with Sutton, Hamler, Patrick, and Tyree Cleveland. So, you know, two players, maybe two ones, maybe a second, that kind of thing. Keep those seconds, keep those thirds because those are still premium territory. You know, people say, what do you think is going to happen? Well, chances are it's not going to happen, but it's going to be sure as heck fun to follow if this, if this stalemate continues and it appears both sides are dug in. So one more note on this, Aaron Rodgers, and while we're on the topic – Pat Sertan, like you said, uh, we both give C-minus grades for that first-round pick on Thursday. And that was nothing against Sertan because, you know, I even said in my analysis, he could be a franchise corner. So does that contradict my C-minus grade? Perhaps a little, but the grade is because it's a quarterback league. And Patrick Sertan is not going to beat Patrick Mahomes you're in and you're out. Yeah, and if you wanna if you wanna split the hairs here, I got my C minuses. Hey, B for the player, D for the process, and it sort of met in the middle. And uh, you know, I think most people probably agree there's probably a vocal minority out there, but uh, I just don't think it was a great night for the Broncos. Now let's fast forward to Friday. I think it got a little better. First Orange podcast is Kyle Noom alongside Ryan O'Halloran again. Late night, first in Orange here talking the Broncos. First three rounds and four picks here in the 2021 NFL Draft. So Trader George came to trade today here uh, and making for a long night for us and an interesting night for Broncos country. Yeah, he said late Thursday night they had three or four guys with first-round grades. And he also said uh, they're picking eighth in the round. Um, They like eight players there. Well, to me, it means if Javante Williams was was a guy they had a first-round grade on, they moved up uh, from 40 to 35 and gave up a fourth-rounder on Saturday, which they won't have it. Uh, they were enamored with Williams, the North Carolina running back. I, I, um, I can see why. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires because he was a sort of a two-back system at North Carolina. You know, he, He's shown he could catch the ball out of the backfield with 50 career catches. I wouldn't be surprised if Javante Williams starts in week one. Uh, you know, that's the way running backs are. If he can pick up the system, if he can protect, at the very least, I think he'll be a third down option. Melvin Gordon's a free agent after the year. Royce Freeman, if he's still on the team, is a free agent after the year. And Mike Boone, who signed a two-year contract, is more of a special teams core guy, break glass in case of emergency running back. But, you know, one thing that stood out about Javante's uh, season for the Tar Heels last year, 19 touchdowns. 
he can find the end zone. And that's the kind of big playability that they need from the running back spot. Another thing that stood out, 75 avoided tackles for Javante Williams. That led the nation. And it just kind of speaks to you know, this guy is tough to take down in the open field. He runs very low to the ground. He's got a very good prototypical running back frame with some speed and some burst in there. So big ad there. And like you said, a compliment to Melvin Gordon or maybe supplanting Melvin Gordon in week one or perhaps as the season goes on. Yeah, you know, my guess, my guess is it may be more of a gradual takeover. Um, you know, do the coaches trust Williams in, in multiple roles going into the season? So, uh, you know, I think a nice side bet would be who ends up with more carries, Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon. I'd probably go with Williams. Um, you know, after that, we're looking at a pretty quick night. I mean, they're on the board at 71 in the third round. We were thinking we're going to get our stories written. We're going to get out of here a decent time. And then uh, Trader George. Trader George. Uh, first trade, he moved down uh, to the Giants. You know, picked up a fifth rounder, and then then he moved down twenty spots with New Orleans, who went up uh, to get um, Stanford corner Adebo. So, uh, and he picked up two third rounders in that. So they had they had two of the last five picks in the third round. I think it was is it was. I mean, you look at the trade chart. I think it was pretty even. But you know, he realized he didn't have a fourth, so I figured he he said it was worth it moving down twenty to pick up that third, which is the equivalent. So. Uh, you know, he Peyton said afterwards that it was you know when they moved down it was two players they were interested in. First up was Qu- uh, Quinn Miners, uh, the offensive lineman from Wisconsin Whitewater. You know, left guard in college at Division three, didn't play last year. Not not his fault. He didn't opt out. Season was canceled. Uh, went to the Senior Bowl, had a good showing there before he broke his hand. He wanted to play in the game, but they said, hey, discretion is the better part of valor. But uh, I. Didn't, I don't really get to pick uh, because you have Nate Mute, uh, who I think he's going to be your right guard in 2022. He can be your swing guy this year. And then uh, your backup center basically now is Graham Glasgow, who's your starting right guard, and maybe Austin Slotman or Patrick Morris. So, I mean, they were thrilled to have minors. Um, I'd be interested to see where he works the most in camp and even in OTAs. Division three guy, only a 23rd Division three guy since 1990 to get drafted. So, And like you said, season canceled last year. Uh, I'm sure some of you fans have seen on YouTube his crazy outdoor workout videos where he's like busting down trees and stuff. So he's got a little uh, like Dalton Reisner, Colorado out- outdoor guy in him. Well... Maybe he can play left guard and replace Reisner at some point. Oh, no, no, don't, don't, don't say that. Oh. He's a hometown guy. Um, Dalton Reisner needs to pick it up, by the way. This year. He wasn't very good last year, but, you know, just just, between, just two cents just, there. Just, just between you and me. <laughs> um, and then they, you know, they're on the board a couple picks later, and they take the Baron Browning from Ohio State. And I thought one thing interesting that Vic Fangio said is that he's very versatile inside and outside, which probably hurt him. I know you're going to go in that direction. And to me, that sounded like Vic was saying to the Ohio State coaches, you jerked him around. Yeah, you, you put him here, you put him there, you put him everywhere, and he couldn't really develop at any one spot. Yeah. It was kind of what Vic was saying in between the lines. And he said, maybe we'll test him out inside initially, but he wasn't quite sure in that answer. Yeah. Sounds like they're going to kind of shop it, but they but they don't want to have him all over the field like the Buckeyes did. Yeah, and I think he can provide a you know a sub-package pass rush off the edge as well. But... I'm glad Vic said it, but this guy's got to be a core special teamer, and that's one thing that I think that's going to be the focus in the last three rounds where they had picks on Saturday. Is right is Tom McMahon needs some help, and 
And right now he's got Mike Boone, he's got Tyree Cleveland, he's got Baron Browning. So you need four or five core guys to get some consistency to lead the younger guys. So, um, you know, if, if Browning is playing a lot at linebacker this year, it's probably not a good thing. But I would have taken Jabril Cox from LSU at that spot because he has more experience in coverage. Uh, but maybe they just like the Browning's athleticism a little bit more. So, uh, you know, so four picks in the first two days. You know, uh, for Friday, I gave them a B minus. Uh, I like the Williams pick a little less so on uh, Miners and Browning. First Orange podcast. That's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. I gave him a B plus for the work today. Peyton making good on that reputation as a wheeler and dealer like you. I like the Javante Williams pick. I think maybe he, he's even going to look like a steal here in a couple years if he can kind of project and, and continue up that learning curve, especially as a relatively young running back, so to speak, in terms of tread on the tires. Uh, the Miners pick, a little puzzling, like you said, but hey, maybe uh, Peyton knows something about diamonds in the rough. We don't. Yeah, yeah, and I thought maybe they got painted into a little bit of a corner because there was a run on offensive tackles, and they were flying off the board in the second round, and they made their play for Williams, which is fine. Uh, you know, still edge rusher. Do you count Browning as that? Yeah, maybe not if, he, if, he, if you're going to work him at one spot and not be inside linebacker. But I still think uh, on day three, you know, some people, most people, most people probably listen to this. The draft has already started. It's 10 a.m. Mountain Time on Saturday. Is look for look for guys who have special teams value. Your safeties, your linebackers, maybe a tight end. I do think they need an interior defensive lineman who can get a little bit of a pass rush. But they only got they have six picks in this uh, day three. Tom McMahon, speaking of hot seats, I mean, is he a guy who? He, he's wanting all the special teams impact players he can get in this draft, right? Yeah, and I, you know, I, I haven't been as tough on Tom as, 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 as most people because I think he was dealt a bad hand with no uh, a preseason or offseason program last year where that's really you find out who can run down the field, who can make open field tackles. And I thought, you know, the, you know, the, the kicker missing extra points is the kicker's problem, period. And... Um, Deontay Spencer, a nice return guy. So, but they need some depth there because what happened was, is when they had injuries to the starters, they had to take those special teams guys and make them starters, limit their time there, and the younger guys just weren't ready. So, getting those reps on the field, starting in the rookie camp in two weeks, will be important to sort of whittling down who he can count on. Denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the rest of the draft. And of course, recapping all the picks so far, Broncos and across the league, all of mine and Ryan's analysis, et cetera, et cetera. Appreciate you listening in to tonight's show. Until next time, folks, take it easy.